I've been listening to the recommendations from the Synod on the Amazon, and over and over we hear about the lack of priests. This is where the whole married priesthood conversation comes from, but it also puts into question the male priesthood and even some basics about evangelization. I heard that two-thirds of the world's Catholics are in the global south, but two-thirds of the world's priests are in the global north. So I thought that maybe the problem is not that there aren't enough priests. The problem is how they are distributed. So I did the math. There are 1.2 billion Catholics in the world, and there are about 400,000 Catholic priests. Those are the statistics. I don't know how many of those are active. I'm assuming that that number does not include the retired ones. But anyway, more or less, if there are 400,000 priests and 1.2 billion Catholics, that means that there is one priest for every 3,000 Catholics. Is that math correct? Because that's a great ratio. That's my parish. So maybe the reason why there are places where there are no priests is because there are places where there are too many priests. Like in Rome. Why are there priests who are assistants to bishops and secretaries of pontifical councils? Why are there priests that are doing work that lay people can do? Maybe the priority is to take all those extra priests and send them off to places where they are truly needed. That's what Jesus meant when he said, go and make disciples of all nations. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt of Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chan. And Allison is not here with us today. I was I was about to say, I am Allison. <laughs> you always do that. You do that I with Emily. I always love to do that. So um, Allison's not here, but we're going to be joined by Matteo. Oh, Matteo wow. Is, Matteo Cioffi is our correspondent in Rome, and he's going to join us because there's a conference that just took place in Rome that he's going to um, give us some information about. All the way from Italy. Yeah, and in fact, we're thinking that we should include Matteo. You should like... If you want Matteo to be on this show more often, uh, <laughs> our correspondent in Rome. There you go. So, um, and Emily is going to be back, Billy. Yes, that's Emily's going to be back because she's got her segment, This Place. Oh, that's good. Um, so that's all going to be there. Um, so if people want to see here, see if you're on Facebook Live. If you want to <laughs> see more of Emily and, and uh, Matteo in, from Rome, you have to write to us. Yeah. Radio yeah, yeah. at sultanlighttv.org or through Facebook or Twitter. Um, I'm at Deacon Pedro GM, Billy. At B. Joe Chan. At B. Joe Chan. And the people who are not here, <laughs> they're not here. <laughs> so don't don't reach them. It's very easy to find us. If you go to Google and just put, if you put Billy Southern Night Hour, you will find me. Really? Yes. You're that famous. <laughs> Billy Southern Night <laughs> no, Hour. There you one go. Billy. Look up for Billy. <laughs> B. Joe Chan. Anyway, um, Emily's going to come back, as I said, and she, she's been visiting dioceses across Canada. And uh, she is going to come and tell us about this private Catholic school that she went to, the Stella Maris Academia in Ottawa. So she's been visiting mm. the Diocese of Ottawa, so she's going to tell us a little bit about that uh, new Catholic school in Ottawa. And then, Billy, you have a question. I have a question about um, the road of suffering. The road of suffering. We're not going to tell people what that is. <laughs> I won't they're going to have to stick around and find out yeah. what the road of suffering exactly. is. If they're smart, they can figure it out. Okay, so here, here's my question uh, to you, Billy. Okay, okay. Um, how always, do we how do we get people to evangelize? You wow. know, like Jesus said, we need to go and evangelize. Yes. So how do we give people the tools I, I, so I, that they go and evangelize? I was just talking about about that with Francisco, who is another web developer really? here. Yeah, we were talking about that, and and he always said that it's very tough to do it. 
to to do evangelization because, because I think that, yeah it's so busy everyone is so busy no but I think that people are there's a lot of people like Francisco actually yeah, our, yeah. Our, our other webmaster here who's very committed very active in the church very faithful but they feel like they it's not up to them or they don't have all the tools exactly that they can go and evangelize you know exactly. I don't know maybe some of our listeners feel that same way no for me I will I will I I, I teach catechists, yes, as you know. So like that's what I I'm doing for that's evangelizing. You're, you're evangelizing, and uh, I think uh, my action I will do that through my action. Through your actions. Yeah, like when I find somebody who is blocking me in front of my row when I drive. Okay. I will you try don't give to, them the finger. I just, <laughs> I just try to not giving them a finger. You you try. pray for them. Pray for do them. Do you wave at them? Do you smile? I I smile. Jesus loves yes. you. I try to say uh, God bless you. Okay, so that's one thing, but I think that people, in terms of bringing Jesus to other people, helping them connect with God, having a relationship, I think that that's, that's kind of like taking it evangelization to the next level. Yeah. So in our second half hour, I brought these books. I know you love watching these books. I love so books. we're going to be speaking with Joel Stepanek. Joel is an evangelizer. Okay. Uh, he's the vice president of Parish Services for Life Teen International, and he co-authored this new program with Mark Hart. People might have heard of Mark Hart. Mark is the executive vice president of Life Teen International. Um, and this... Uh, what I'm looking at it here is not only a book; it's no, a set. No, exactly. So, so it's a, it's a. There's a little book. There's a DVD set, and there's a workbook here. Oh, it's a workbook. That's a huge book. This workbook is like the master class. So the program is called the Ninety Nine. And if people want to find out what that means and where that name came from, they need to stick around uh, in our second half hour so we can. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 find out from Joel Stepanek. Um, the, the the basically the, the, this program is to to give people tools for training evangelists wow. and for having wow. parish groups, uh, evangelization parish groups. In So that's for me. Yeah, exactly. So maybe, <laughs> Billy, you can take one of these. Anyway, Joel uh, Stepanek is going to join us in our second half hour to tell us about this new system for evangelization that's in about 25 minutes. And then at the end of the program, we're actually doing something a little different. We're going to meet... Uh, yeah, well, it, what? it is... Do we have me- a song? Yeah, we do have a song. Okay. Uh, we do have a song, <laughs> but, but it's... Uh, it's, we're going to meet a married couple. They're a young married couple, Andrew and Katie Hall. They are aspiring musicians and songwriters, wow. and they have written songs for their children. Wow. So they have four children, okay. and they've written three songs because the last two are twins. So they wrote a song because they write the songs before yeah, the children yeah, yeah. are born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very cute. So we're going to be speaking to them about marriage, about parenting in our second half hour. So you want to stick around for that. Interesting. Um, so why don't we start with a song? <laughs> Let's uh, listen to the first song that uh, Andrew and Katie wrote. This one is for their firstborn, Connor. So here are Katie and Andrew Hall with their single, Can't Wait. It all started when I was a little girl Dreaming of being your mother Looking forward to your first step The very first word that you speak
That was Katie and Andrew Hall with their single Can't Wait that they wrote for their firstborn son, Connor. And we're going to be speaking with Katie and Andrew Hall at the end of the program. And in about five minutes, Emily will be here with her new segment, This Place. But first, let's go to Rome. Our correspondent, Matteo Cioffi, has news about an important conference that has just taken place. Uh, Matteo, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. So good to have you with us. Hello. Hello, Pedro. Nice to be here with you, finally, in your show, radio show. I know, I know. We hope to have you uh, more in this program. Um, so w- tell us about this, pr- this Promoting Digital Child n- Dignity, this conference, Promoting Digital Child Dignity. What, what was that? Well, this is a, a conference uh, that took place uh, here in Rome at the Vatican, uh, Casina uh, Pio Quarto, in the last uh, two days, Thursday, and Friday, uh-huh. and actually the goal of this conference is the effective protection of child dignity in the digital world. Okay. And there is the, the desire to get something concrete, and uh, we can see this also in the title that you said before, yes. from concept to action. And that's important because it's clear that all the people, all the participants, 80 participants, religious leaders, civil authorities, and representatives of large technology companies want to make something real and concrete for the, for the child dignity. So this is the Vatican is hosting a conference, but it's obviously not a church conference. It's for, for uh, professionals in the technology industry? Like, well... That, that's one of the the most important things uh, for uh, for one reason because uh, um, it's not something related just to the church, uh-huh. but uh, it's important to have different point of view. Right. So there is a big cooperation, and uh, yesterday, for example, I had um, the opportunity to speak with uh, Father Lombardi. Yes, and, uh, and he told me that they really want to have the cooperation with different point of view because that's the only way to have a better and larger picture of the situation so of Fa- the problem. So, Father Lombardi is the former press secretary for the Vatican, um, and, and he's he was involved in the conference uh, in some at some to some degree. Yes, yes, uh, he's uh, he's involved, and he's a member of the committee. Of this uh, of this conference, 
And uh, this conference uh, is just a, a new step of a longer process uh, okay. because uh, in the last uh, two years, um, basically, we have uh, different meetings. Uh, this one is organized uh, by the Pontifical Academy of so Social, Social Sciences. Sciences. Yeah. And, um, and that's uh, a, a new step after what happened in uh, 2017 with a big congress, a world congress uh, held at the Pontifical Gregorian University. Okay. And it's uh, a new step after what happened in, the, in Abu Dhabi, in the Emirates last January, just before the Pope uh, visited right. this, uh, this part of the world. And uh, so it's and as Father Lombardi told me, he said uh, mm, it's a very long process, but we have to uh, we have to find a way to uh, to get a solution because it's not easy because it's a huge problem. But we have to do that. So, yeah, for sure, it's uh, it's something interesting. And uh, as he said, it's not possible to find a solution now, but we have to uh, fight for that. Right. And that's uh, the most thing that we have to pay attention. Yeah, good. And it's good that the church is uh, taking the leadership in, in matters. I mean, everything concerns the church and concerns our faith. Um, just before we go, because I know uh, we're just running out of time, Matteo, but I, the Pope is going off to Japan uh, next week. Do you know anything about about that? Well, uh, it's uh, the last trip of a very busy 2019. Yeah. He will be, first of all, uh, in uh, Thailand, and then right. he's into uh, to Japan, there is uh, for sure a big expectation of this, and uh, we will see. Maybe next week, at the end of the trip, we will be able to say something more. Uh, again, the Pope is going to that part of the world, you know, to the to, the to Asia. So that's uh, that's important to uh, to think about because the Church is looking at the part of the world. Absolutely. So maybe maybe not next week, but two weeks from now, Matteo, we should have you back on the show so you can tell us uh, uh, all the results from this trip to Thailand and Japan. Um, so uh, let's work on that. Thank you for telling us sure. uh, a little bit about uh, this conference today, Matteo. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Our Salt and Light Rome correspondent, Matteo Cioffi. You can watch his Italian program, Vaticano 360, on Salt and Light TV and follow him at Matteo Cioffi. Coming up is Emily Callan to tell us about her trip to the Diocese of Ottawa, and then Billy Chan with a question about Stations of the Cross, so don't go anywhere. Hello, this is Jeff Cavins, the creator of the Great Adventure Bible Study. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. My name is Deacon Pedro. You may be listening to the Salt and Light Hour on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM, but you can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Just search for the Salt and Light our Catholic podcast and take the show with you wherever you go. And now it's time for This Place with Emily Callan. Emily, where are you taking us today? We are going to Limoges, Ontario. Limoges. Okay, I don't know where that um, is. We're going to Academia Stella Mari. So when we were in the Archdiocese of Ottawa filming our episode coming out this yes. month, uh, we went to this little uh, this school. It's a private Catholic school founded by a woman called Stéphanie Montaujot. The school has about 37 students. Okay, tiny. Uh, and it's called Stella Maris because of her devotion, but also of the devotion of other people who founded the school uh, to the Blessed Mother. And okay. they wanted to make sure that this project... I really had at the center um, 
Mother Mary. So that's why it's called Academia Stella Maris. And so when we went to meet her, um, I asked her very simply, why is it that you wanted to start this school? Like what what was your vision for this uh, for this school? So my vision was to be able to offer a bilingual program uh, full with faith. And um, so that's how we do it here. We see it a little bit like a flower. Faith is in the center, and then everything comes out of it. So science is geography, history, Francais, English, math. Um, and as a parent, as a, uh, a parent married to an Anglophone and who want my children to be bilingual, then it was important to me to have a bilingual education for my children. And I knew other parents that were kind of searching for that. Mm-hmm. I, and I also know some parents that are homeschooling or were homeschooling mm-hmm. and were looking for something that they could bring in the home, bring in to their children. Mm-hmm. That's why we decided to go and uh, shape or form these hybrid programs. So the, the four hybrid programs are part-time programs, mm-hmm. uh, if you want. Um, so children are just integrated in the classroom with our full-time uh, students which works which works very well. Uh, so that was Stephanie Montojo, the principal and founder of Academia Stella Mari, so a private Catholic school in Limoges, Ontario. But I also wanted to know what does a typical day look like or how do they get the day started? And so right. um, this is this is what she uh, she shared with us. So we start in the morning at 8:30 with chapel. Uh, we truly feel and believe that you know uh, life is not easy for anyone life is not easy for our children so we really want to fill them with hope and uh, love so that they can go on and start their day properly with with a heart full of god's love Mm -hmm. so we start with chapel that could be um, devotion or we could have uh, some biblical verses read to them talk about the saints um, talk about feast days um, and so on Mm -hmm. and obviously we also wrap up with with prayer and uh, offer up what whatever uh, we need whatever we need um, prayers for our intentions are are brought forth so when Stephanie shared with me how they start the day I was really impressed um, by the fact that they they start the day with prayer you know this is something that they do put an emphasis on um, every day and and even throughout the day like it's they, they bring it out in in their um, uh, in different ways, in ways yeah. throughout the day um, now because this is such a small cool school because it's a, because it's a cool school it's a cool school because it's such a small school 37 students um, of course parents input is very important uh-huh. uh, to Stephanie um, and the other teachers that are there so um, she also shared with us how she collaborates with the parents um, of the students that go to the Academia Stella Maris. Because we're small, we can do this, right? Um, I even ask them for advice. I ask them for advice when it comes to programs or curriculums. Some of them have been homeschooling for years, so they've been trying many, many things. So. Um, they they help us that way. They also help us when it comes to fundraising or uh, donations. They try to go and find some donations um, to help us, you know, thrive. And um, it's it's really a community. So I would say, like Stella Maris is is a big family. Everybody sticks together. Um, everybody talks when we're around each other, and uh, we pray for each other. It's 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 not. Stella Maris is not uh, many families. 
Stella Maris is a community. Mm -hmm. It's a community of, of people who are looking for the same thing in terms of education mm -hmm. and working together and trying to really um, get the best for, for our children. So, of course, if you want to know more about this school, because I, there's, a, there's only a little bit that we can I say know. in this short segment, but you can go to their website, academiastellamaris.ca, and okay. of course you'll find out a lot more about the school, um, how they receive funding as well, and all that stuff. Uh, and this school is, I just want to remind our viewers, is a private Catholic school in the Archdiocese of Ottawa, Ottawa. where we filmed for our episode This Place, which is coming out this November, November 27th at 8 p.m. So be sure to tune in on Salton Night, November 27th to watch this place in Ottawa. Excellent. Sounds great. So any if we have any listeners in the area of Limoges, Ontario, near Ottawa, or in the Archdiocese of Ottawa, check out that private Catholic school. Maybe that's where you need to put your kids because they only have 37 students. <laughs> um, Emily, thank you very much. You're welcome, Pedro. Emily Callan is the producer of This Place. You can watch the full program at the website, saltonlighttv.org slash this place. And if you want to watch that episode when they go to Ottawa, it uh, premieres November 27 at 8 p.m. on Salt and Light TV. You can also follow Emily's adventures on Twitter at Emmy Callan and Instagram at Emily.Callan. Coming up is Church for Dummies, so stay tuned. Hi, this is Jason Everett from ChastityProject.com, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so it's really easy to find me, but you can still reach me the good old-fashioned way via email, pedro at saltandlighttv.org. Now, it's time for... Church for Dummies. With Billy Chan, who has a question about... Yes, about the road of suffering. The road... I like that. <laughs> I like that. You know, Via Dolorosa uh -huh. is in Latin. Oh, the yeah? Road, I think it translates to the road, or the, the sorrowful road. You know, in Chinese, we call it the road of suffering. What we are call, we, what we are talking right now here is, is the station the of the cross. The of the cross, yeah. The uh, way of the cross. The way, yeah. yeah, or the way of the cross. Um, um, I should actually put it uh, to to Lent, but now it's not even Advent, so it's fine to talk about station of the cross. We can talk about the station of the cross as we go into Advent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the question is this: um, uh, I always have this kind of question, and never, and I never try to find it out. I think it's the best way to talk about it in transport dummies. What? Uh, why we are doing Station of the Cross? Why? Yeah. Why? Because uh, that's an easy uh, answer. Because people would go on pilgrimage to Jerusalem, yeah. to the Holy Land, because yeah. they wanted to go, you know, like in around the time of the Crusades yes. and all that, people would go on pilgrimages because they wanted to walk. To experience. And experience mm -hmm. what the life of Jesus. Yeah. And during that time, these stations on the Via Dolorosa, the, uh -huh. the Way of the Cross, kind of evolved. So people would actually walk where they believe that these certain things happened in the life of Jesus, including his way to the cross. So that's how it happened. Now, eventually, people could not go to uh, Jerusalem anymore because the Muslims, uh -huh. after the Crusades, invaded Jerusalem and people couldn't go. Mm -hmm. So then, instead of going to the Holy Land, oh, okay. they brought the stations with them so they could do that devotion anywhere. I see. That's where it came Who from. Who invented it? I don't know. You I don't, don't think know, right? anybody invented them. I think that's probably something that evolved through pious uh, devotions. Oh, so you um, know that the, the following questions you won't be able to answer me because of because of my question was are they all from the Bible? Oh no, I can answer that question. Oh, great. They're not they're not all from the Bible. In fact, originally there were probably only I think about 7 of the stations because those are the ones that are 
uh, is scriptural. So Jesus is condemned to death. Uh-huh. Jesus carries his cross. We know that. Um, Simon of Cyrene. Um, Jesus meets the women of Jerusalem. Jesus dies on the cross. Like, you know, those are the ones that are scriptural. But then these other ones were added. I'm not sure how that would have happened. Uh And it's possible that at one point there may have been as many as 20 stations of the cross. Because people just added uh, uh, things that that they were devoted to. So it's possible that some of these other ideas, like Jesus meeting Veronica, that's probably the most obviously the uh, the one that's not in scripture, um, because of tradition. And, and piety. So there were a lot of things that probably people believed that happened that maybe never made it into scripture, but that doesn't mean that they didn't happen. But there's some devotion there. Veronica, since I we're talking about her, her name, Vero Icona, means the true icon. So the fact that she puts, she wipes the face of Jesus uh-huh. and ends up with a true icon oh, okay. on the cloth could mean that oh. she's not a real person. Right. Okay. Is that her name represents what the, what she is doing. I see. So there's no standard, right? Well, now there is a, there are fourteen a, there are standard, or fifteen. No, there are there's a standard fourteen stations. Okay, and in fact, there's a standard thirteen scriptural stations. Oh, that there okay. are other stations that are scriptural, uh, and you, people can look that up. It's it's easy to find. Uh, I think it might have been Pope Benedict uh, that actually officialized those thirteen that can be used for devotions as well. But the traditional fourteen one uh, are the ones that people know. Um, and the fifteenth, and then the fifteenth one is not traditionally part of the Stations of the Cross, but in s- people like to add it because who wants to end with Jesus' place in the yeah, tomb? Yeah, yeah, just kind of ends. But so we want to have some hope. Exactly, right? I think there's some hope. So the resurrection of Jesus is added as a, as a fifteenth. Okay, station. so this question is, I think, is I think you you must be able to answer me about what feeling or emotions that we should actually have when we do the 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 the, the way of the cross i yeah i think that uh you would have whatever feelings you should have if you had been there go- walking on the way uh-huh. to the cross on the way to calvary with jesus so whatever those feelings it's like the 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 meditation that you try to place yourself in the scripture story it's the same thing try to place yourself walking that's why people wanted to go to Jerusalem and walk the Via Dolorosa right because they want to see what it smelled like what it felt like obviously now Jerusalem doesn't look at all like it looked when Jesus walked Um, but I think we would try to enter into that mystery and that's what means to to enter into the mystery of the devotion so that we can get closer to Jesus' way to the cross. So obviously there's not no standard way to how do you do this, how much time you should actually stand in one of the stations. There is no standard. Yeah. No, okay. no standard way. Okay. Lots of devotions and reflections that have been written, but there's no one way to do it. Okay, last, last one. Uh, so, do we? Uh, can we do it uh, uh, anytime? I in, think so. I so think we can do no it right limit. now. Yeah, we can do it today. You don't have to do it during Lent. No, okay. you can do it anytime. Great, thank you. Always a good time to enter into the mystery of the life of Jesus. Thank you. Good question. Stations of the Cross. Billy Chan, webmaster here behind saltandlighttv.org. You can follow him at Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, a new system for evangelization with Joel Stabanek. And we meet Andrew and Katie Hall. So stay tuned.
Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. If your parish is at all like mine, you have noticed that there are a few people who are the ones who do everything. But there are many, many others who are faithful, who have many skills, but just don't know how to get involved. And what's more, they struggle to to take their faith to the next level. And I know so many of these people, and I sometimes wish that there was an easy evangelization program for beginners to give them some of the basic tools so that they can do what Jesus asked us all to do, to go and make disciples of all nations. Turns out that this program actually already exists. It's called The 99 Experience. And to tell us all about it, we're now joined by Life Teens' Joel Stepanek. He's the co-author of The 99 and Evangelization Experience. Joel, so good to have you in the program. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be with you. So am I, am I calling it the right? Is it The 99 Experience? It is the 99, and there are three parts of the 99. Okay, yes. Uh, which is the 99 Experience, okay. the 99 Masterclass, and the 99 Handbook. And all of those things work together to promote renewal in your parish. Okay, um, just before you tell us all the all some details, you co-authored this with uh, Life Teen Executive Vice President Mark Hart. Um, so it, was this a Life Teen thing? Did it come out of the Life Teen Experience, or is it something completely separate? It is separate, and it came out of experiences that both he and I had working yeah. at the parish level and in communication with a lot of different parishes as people invite us out to do missions uh, on an annual basis and right. what we saw at those missions, and then getting feedback from parishes about just how do we reach out to our entire community, not just the youth, but an entire community, right. and help them become evangelists. And yeah. this was born out of our experience and really what a need was becoming so evident in the church, and it's been a need for a while. Yeah, I think so. Why Why did you choose to call it the 99? We love the play of that scripture where Jesus leaves the 99 to go find the one, but yes. so many people in our parish see themselves as the 99, whether you call them the frozen chosen, whether you call them, <laughs> you know, the, the Sunday, you know, your Sunday crowd who's just there for that one hour, but you never see them. Yeah. Those people, the 99, actually are the one that Jesus wants to go after. So the crux of this is looking at how do you first mobilize the people at your parish and evangelize within your pews, and then get them ready and excited to go out and bring more people in. Right, right. Sometimes uh, then the, that 99 is also the, described as the, the older son of the, you know, the prodigal son story. You know, is that also the people that, the ones that have been faithful, they're there, they've always been part of the club, the choir, but like I said in the introduction, they kind of need to be taken to the next level. Is that also for them? Absolutely. And how do we get those people to not simply... Uh, be present, but to yeah. rejoice when the one returns. Yeah, exactly. Make them as excited as the Father. And they're the ones that we want to. We want them to go out and be the ones looking for the one that's lost or looking for the brother that 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 went away. Um, so, uh, so how does it work? You said there's three parts. There's the the experience, which is the DVD or the videos, the master class, which is this, uh, like uh, the master class, the workshop, I guess, and the handbook, which is a book. So how do, how do all these, how do all those three work together? Yeah, the, the goal is to create a really a parish mission experience uh -huh. in a really economical way uh, that anybody could do. It's going to be impactful. And the best way to utilize the 99 is to start with that master class 
and okay. identify people in your church, uh, your parish community, who could be small group leaders, who are maybe influencers. You know, they're the people who know the people that they could invite in for this mission experience. Right. And the masterclass does some prep work in giving people the tools they need to become evangelists. Um, and that masterclass has a great leader component that goes with it. It can be done and should be done with the parish staff, but you could do it with your small group communities if you have those set up already. You could do it just with a group of five people who get together and say, we're going to get this thing started. I love it because it's right. scalable in that way. Yeah, uh, okay. That pulls in some of the best voices in evangelization to provide some real practical training. Is the that's mas- the first piece is to get your team set. Yeah. It, okay, so it's specifically to get the team set, like the leadership team. Correct, yeah, yeah. your leadership team, your hospitality, your parish priest, your parish staff. Think about all the contact points for evangelization. Uh There's a lot of people involved that you can mobilize. Okay, good. So then once you do that, then where do we go? Next you do that, you're ready for this experience. And this is really based off a model that was popular in the United States with parish revivals or with church revivals. Yeah. You'd have a group like Billy Graham was known for, the Reverend Billy Graham. He'd go into a town set up churches for success, train people, and then they'd have the revival. So uh-huh. you have the masterclass, and then you have the 99 experience, which can be done a couple of different ways, but that's your mission experience. You can invite new people in. You definitely want to invite your every Sunday mass goer in mm-hmm. for that to really be rekindled in their love of Christ and their desire to bring other people in. So that's a three-session uh, three experience, and okay. it can be done on one night. It can be done on a series of a couple nights back-to-back, like a traditional mission, it could be done over the series of three weeks, depending on what's the best fit for your parish and how people will best engage. I see. And then, sorry, just because I'm looking at, I'm holding, uh, people are listening, obviously, on the radio or they're podcasting this. They can't see that I've got the DVD in my hand. So, but the DVD, there are two DVDs. One DVD are the videos that go with the masterclass, and the other DVD are the the, the experience DVDs, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So those are the videos. And and maybe at this point I should mention that the videos are not just Joel and, and Mark, although that, that would have been awesome in itself, but you have some some collaborators. We got Father Mike Schmitz, uh, Sister Miriam Heidland, uh, Leah Darrow. There's a whole bunch of other people here. Um, that yeah, it, it's a great group of people. And I think the people that are involved in this project can speak to a lot of different walks of life and a lot of experiences right. that people in the pews have. Right, so you got priests, there's sisters, but there's lay people, there's married people, there's uh, uh, all kinds of uh, different uh, points of views here. Um, okay, so then that's the uh, the experience, and then we've got the handbook, which is the little book. And the handbook is your follow-up, and not only a follow-up, but it could be something you give to your parishioners um, just in mass, even okay. though he didn't come to the mission. But it's a great follow-up that dives a little bit more deeply into some of the concepts, but why do we care so much about this message, this gospel message? Uh, and then what does it mean to really engage in our faith in a way that makes us passionate enough to share it? It's got a lot of great anecdotal stories, some real practical ways that you can right. live an evangelistic mindset on a daily basis. And it's an excellent follow-up to even just give to your, your mission-goers after the 99 experience. And then it all circles back around where a few months later you reach out to those people who are at the 99 experience and invite them into the master class. Oh, okay. So, read in the so book. you come Now back. they become the next set of people right. to become leaders, and we go out and invite more. And there's this wonderful synergy about the whole process, which is why it was fun to work on, and it's going to be really fun to see how parishes implement it and grow 
not only their reach as a community, but grow more in a greater depth of community yeah. as well. Now, I don't take this the wrong way. I don't mean it as a criticism, uh, but I find that the topics are very simple. And I, th I mean that in a good way because it's actually not a complicated thing to get people excited about the faith. So something is as simple as what is my story? What is my relationship with God? Um, what What is my place in the world? I mean, those are sort of very basic questions. Obviously, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, Joel, but can you tell me a little bit about why you chose to, to focus on those specific topics as you develop this this uh, passion, this seed for passion for evangelization for people? I think when I think about my marriage, uh, and if anybody else who's married, you, you may, this may be true as well, when I start to sit back and I think about some of the basic parts of my story with my wife, I find myself falling in love with her in a new way. Right. Uh, when I look back even in my relationships uh, and I look at what are the most basic things that I need to do as a friend to walk this out, those are the things that make the biggest impact. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we can get really fancy with the gospel and uh, in our desire to do things in a real creative way and get away from the basics, we actually wind up becoming ineffective. Like mm -hmm. any sports team, uh, you know, a coach of a sports team says, you got to go back to basics and fundamentals. That's how we actually become the most effective. So going back to those basic building blocks of the gospel that sometimes we take for granted, right. sometimes we forget, sometimes we lose sight of, and as a result, we grow cold in our relationship to Christ, we believe is going to help people recognize, hey, it's not about all these fancy, creative things we need to do. Sometimes those things are really great. Um, but if we go back to those basic pieces and start building from there, we can be much more effective than we realize. Yeah, and I love I love that analogy because it's all about falling in love with Christ. And then if you're in your love, you want everybody to know about who you're in love with. So that's the basics of mission. Um, really easy to find, uh, a session press, so people can uh, look it up. Joel, thank you for uh, sharing a little bit about this with us today and uh, look forward to uh, hearing how it uh, works in parishes and maybe even implementing it in my own parish. Uh, so it's good to talk to you today. Thanks, Deacon. Joel Stepanek has been evangelizing for 15 years, and he's the vice president of Paris Services for Life Teen International. He is the author of several books, including Chasing Humility, Eight Ways to Shape a Christian Heart. He co-authored The 99 with Mark Hart. You can learn more about The 99 at ascensionpress.com. Here now are featured artists of the week, Katie and Andrew Hall, with their single, Ava Grace. strikes 
That was Katie and Andrew Hall with their single, Ava Grace. Okay, we're going to do something a little different today. Our featured artists are not famous. They're not published. They have don't have hundreds of followers on Instagram. Actually, maybe they do. I don't know. They are a young married couple with young children, but they love music and have written a song for each of their children. Connor is three years old, Ava is two, and Katie just gave birth to twin boys, David and Zach. So I thought it would be neat to have them join me today and speak about marriage and parenting and songwriting. Andrew and Katie, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thanks. Thank you. Um, um, Katie, you just you just gave birth last week. Um, uh, like twenty two days ago. Oh, okay, okay. So it wasn't quite yeah, last week. Two. Still, still. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've never given birth, so I don't know. Um, how are you doing? How are David and Zach? I'm doing great, and the babies are doing awesome as well. Yeah, I think They're we very can, good babies, so that helps. We can hear them there in the background. I should have introduced uh, um, Katie yeah, with David. Hiccups. So you might hear hiccups. Yes, we can hear the hiccups. How cute! <laughs> um, and uh, how are Connor and Ava adjusting to the to the two new additions to the family? Well, they are doing very well. Some actually, a- Ava gets a little jealous sometimes, but that's you know, she's two. That's she's two. Normal, probably. <laughs> she's two. But, uh, and Connor is a very good helper, actually. So that's. That's been nice. <laughs> oh, good, good. Connor, you said he's three. He's three years yeah. old. Um, so uh, you guys have written a song. You wrote a song for Connor, I guess. Why did was it Katie? Did you write the song, um, or did you guys wrote, write write it together? How did that even come about? Um, do you want me to take this one, Katie? <laughs> go, go, go for it. All right. So, um, well, basically, uh, when we found out we were pregnant with Connor, it was like. We actually, we tried for two years to have kids and we had okay. no luck. So this was just like a huge like blessing and joy in our lives. And we fought, you know, we love music so much. So we kind of, I don't know if it started off as kind of half joking, but I was like, you know, do you want to write a song and like maybe get in a studio and do it and huh. write a song for Connor? And so Katie said, yeah, that'd be cool. And um, anyway, my, I used to play in a band and yeah. I can play drums and write lyrics but and Katie sings but I'm like we need a guitar player so okay. my uh, my friend Dan Kickard I called him and I was like would you just send me a guitar track and I'll write lyrics over top and Katie will sing it oh my gosh Washy went pretty smooth so yeah it sounds great so that's the, f- the song we heard at the beginning of the program can't wait so you wrote this song before Connor was born yeah it was actually pretty cool we wrote it before Connor was born and actually when he was being delivered in the hospital like the song was playing oh my gosh and uh, it was kind of cool. All the nurses are like, hey, that's you, you know, and Katie's like pushing, and she's like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and actually, it, it, it calmed Connor down, like, right away, you know, which was kind of cool to see. I guess he had been hearing the song. Had be, he been hearing yeah, the song? Yeah, we'd been playing it, yeah. you know, through the <laughs> And I guess, does he feel now, like, that's his song? Does he hear it all the time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, him and his sister fight over their songs in the car. Oh, really? <laughs> um, so, okay, so then when, when uh, Katie, when you were pregnant with Ava, um, did you just think, oh, we should do a song for Ava so that she's not left out kind of thing? Or how did that <laughs> kind of become a tradition? Yeah, um, you guys uh, following me around right now. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it kind of was kind of like, oh, yeah, we need to do this for Ava too. You know, like, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, just uh, yeah, but it felt like we needed to and keep the keep the good thing going. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can hear them in the background yeah. there too. They found me. Yeah. They found you. You were hiding, <laughs> um, and they want attention. Um, yeah. 
and I guess that now, now if you have more kids, you're just gonna have to keep writing songs. That's right. That's right. Well, we had debated for for a minute about writing a separate song for each David and Zach, but we just decided to. Get it to one, twins. Yeah. So okay. So and you knew you were expecting twins, I guess, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you found out pretty early on. And you, and you decided to write. So this song is. We're going to hear this song at the end of the program. Over the moon. I guess that's how you were feeling when you found out you were going to have twins. Oh yeah. I mean, it. It took me a minute to you know to get over the shock and you know the shock of it, but it was definitely a huge blessing and. Um, yes. Yeah. Just, just, Joy, you know the over the moon feeling for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Andrew, you guys, you. I mean, I'm not going to say that you're young because, but you're younger than me anyway. You, 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 you guys met. You guys met on on a Catholic dating site. Yeah. Um. I don't even think the site exists anymore. Okay. Uh, but it was called. I was cheap, I guess, so I typed in like Catholic dating for free, and this site popped up called Catholic Dating for Free. So I signed up, and uh, I don't know, I just was looking on there, and then uh, this is like in January 2012, and I it was actually kind of my mom suggested I sign up for something like that, and I felt like a loser that my mom suggested, you know, like oh man, my mom's making or suggesting I do that, I must really be a loser, but. Um, it, yeah. my parents actually met for a Catholic letter writing service in the eighties. Okay. So I thought, you know what, if it works for them, then I'll give this a shot. That's and, funny. Um, I messaged Katie and I was just like, Hey, I, you know, I feel like a loser messaging you, but, uh, it says you love music and, and it said something in her profile, about you know, loving her family and, uh, she's a teacher and yeah. So I said, you know, I hope to hear back. And she messaged me back and we talked for what Katie, like six months. Uh yeah, like five, five or six. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Katie, you were you were in the states though. Andrew, you're here in yeah. Canada. Katie's in the states. Did yeah. that did that uh, you know kind of come with some challenges? Oh yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, I mean, at first I was like, um, you know, there's a little doubt in your mind, like, oh, can this really work out? You mm-hmm. know. But um, I ended up. I'm from Ohio originally. I was living okay. in North Carolina at the time teaching. Okay. And, um, I ended up moving back to Ohio. That's a little closer. Like that in May yeah. or so. I'm like, it's really only about two and a half hours from where I was living to Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it really wasn't that bad at all. I'm like, I guess it's going to be doable. So, right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it was actually awesome because, like, you know, maybe that awkward stage of meeting your, uh, the girl's parents, you know, first or whatever, or maybe you might do that like a month into dating ball. When yeah. Katie Cut came up for the weekend to meet me for the first time, she met my parents right away. Right. Um, I went down the next weekend, met her parents right away. And <laughs> yeah, so all that awkward stuff got out of the way really quick. So. Right, right. Now, Andrew, you're a chaplain in a Catholic school? Yeah, I'm a chaplain at uh, St. John's College in Brantford, so this is my sixth year at the school. Yeah. Um, I did two years of elementary chaplaincy in Niagara before this. Yeah, and I, I, wanted, I want to tell people about this neat thing you've been doing, and, and I'm so excited, and I, I don't know, did we ever actually have a chance to play some of the music of your students on this show? I don't think we ever did. Uh, no, we haven't. Tell, tell our listeners about that, because maybe there are some chaplains or teachers out there that, that uh, you will inspire them to do what you did uh, with, your, uh, with your students. Okay, uh, yeah, sure. No, uh, well, when I first got to St. John's, um, from Niagara, I was, I was really nervous, you know, coming in. This is my first time uh, working at a high school as a chaplain, and mm-hmm. uh, I know I was replacing someone that was, you know, did good things. And um, they asked me, you know, like, 
what are you going to do to make the school different during my interview? And I was like, well, I could, I play drums. I could start a worship band. And then yeah. they were like, yeah, go for it. And I was like, sweet. So uh, my first day, um, I just, I kind of asked the kids and I'm like, tell me who's the best musicians in this school. Like, give me their name. So I went and I tracked them down and I thought kids might think this is really lame and they might not go for it. But at, by the end of my first day, I had a worship band and we had our first practice scheduled for that Friday. Yeah. And it just sounded awesome. Like, I got really lucky, I'm, or, you know, I'm really blessed yeah. that that's how, like, the best musicians in the school came out, and that, and, like, we had, like, a star rugby player. We had, like, every type of kid that you can imagine yeah. in the band that yeah. first year, and that inspired um, younger grades. Like, the next year, we had a junior worship band and a senior worship band. That's great. Um, so um, kind of how that snowballed was... Um, we started getting invited to play local churches in our mm-hmm. community uh, on Sunday Mass yeah, and to provide music ministry and besides playing our own school Masses. And then I made a deal with the kids. I'm like, if you can write your own worship song, I'll find a way to get you to a studio. So um, whenever the kids write their own worship song, I take them to the studio like once yeah. a year to record it. Yeah. And uh, it's really, yeah, it's a real blessing in my life. Um, and it's been, kids get into it. it's been how many years now? Because you've had se- several generations, right? Go yeah, through. Yeah. So this is my sixth year at the school, so this is the sixth year that we've had a yeah. worship band at St. John's. That's one, and, and have they been writing music every year? Yeah, every year, and um, my um, the one guitar playing a senior band currently has a guitar track written. We're yeah. just trying to, uh, I don't know, kind of we're focusing more on our Advent math right. right now, but once Advent's done, we're going to get studio ready and hopefully get in there before April. Right. No, that's great. So maybe that's an inspiration for uh, chaplains out there that don't know what to do in their school. Um, uh, one last question, Katie, because um, yeah. I hear that you're probably being pulled away from the phone. Um, <laughs> any advice, uh, young couple trying to be Catholic, living their faith, four kids, twins, uh trying to you know make it work i don't know if music is going to be more of a career for you guys in the future but you know what advice do you have for other young people young catholics good question um i would say just you know keep the faith and keep uh doing your best and sometimes you know have really hard days but just remember to to remember the blessings each day Mm -hmm. and uh don't let the hard times get you down (laughs) because there are hard times obviously and um, yeah but yeah, there's always there's at least in, at least in my life there's been many more blessings than than the bad for sure. I think that's the um, case for most four, people. Four kids under fours. Yes. A lot of people say, "Oh, that's hard." I'm like, "Yeah, but it's you know a great great thing, and it wouldn't change it for anything, you know." Yeah, so. beautiful. And maybe the last tip of tip last advice is uh, write songs for your kids. How's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, they'll love it. And they'll yeah. love it. I know. I think it's a great gift that we could give them. It is you know, a great like gift. Absolutely. We'll so, uh, yeah. last question for Andrew is, did you write a song for Katie yet? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll leave you guys figure that one out. <laughs> well, I've written her tons of poems. Okay, there you go. That's yeah. a start. That's ready, a start. Ready. Okay, well, there you go. Thank you, guys. It's been so good. Thank you for sharing your music today with us and for telling us a little bit about your family and... Uh, uh, Andrew, let's see if we can get some of your students, uh, some of the music on the program um, at some at some point. All right? Yeah, that'd be amazing. They'd love that. Yeah, I think it'd be very good. Okay, God bless. Congratulations God bless. on the birth of Zach and David. Thank you. You can listen to Katie and Andrew's songs for their children on Bandcamp. Just go to katiehall.com. 
bandcamp.com. I'm going to put that address on our site so you can find it easily. Here now, Arcady and Andrew Hall with the song that they wrote for their twins, David and Zach, Over the Moon. listening to Katie and Andrew Hall with their single, Over the Moon. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that if you tuned in late, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs for free at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where you can learn about all our featured artists and guests. And remember that you can subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast on iTunes, on Google Play, and now on Spotify. Remember to look me up, Deacon Pedro. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Would love to hear from you. If you're a young singer, musician, and you have some good tunes, maybe we can have you on the show. Write to me and send me your music. Take care. Have a blessed rest of the week. Thank you for being with us. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.